the Edible Gardens podcast, where we talk about how your edible garden can also be your beautiful landscape. I'm your host, Nanette Blair. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I'm going to let you guys on a little secret. My dream is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better than picking fresh fruit, herbs, veggies, straight off the plant, where you know what went into it from start to finish. Also, you won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here, including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or any of the other sides. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, reflection, fun, and entertaining, and the list goes on to whatever you want. After all, it's your home, your yard, and your taste, and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about, either the one you already have that just needs a little more oomph, or the one that's been in your head for who knows how long. Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. Okay, to continue the series on establishment guilds, we are going to talk about dynamic accumulation. And I kind of hinted yesterday that what I have to say about dynamic accumulation might surprise those who know what it is because I'm not sure that I 1000% agree with what all of the information out there is telling us. So, and if you don't know what dynamic accumulation is, if this is a term that's new to you, it is the theory that a plant will send long roots down into the soil and it will mine up elements that you find on the periodic table that we would consider fertilizer. You know, it's potassium, nitrogen, phosphorus, magnesium, manganese, iron, calcium, all of these different macro and micronutrients that our plants use as food, as energy. If you think about it, it'd be kind of like a, um, a mine. Say you have a mine where you have workers on the surface and they climb down and dig and bring up, say, silver at one level. And they go a little bit deeper maybe and find gold at another level. And then they go down a little bit deeper and they find diamonds. And then they bring all of that up to the top. So they're going down and these plant roots are going down and they're mining for specific nutrients in the soil. And they go down deep in the soil. When I took the permaculture course, I took it for what it's worth. It's like, okay, these people are a lot smarter than I am. They know what they're talking about. And I do believe that it's a real thing, but I think it's been taken a little out of context. I think that the when the idea originated with the people who started permaculture, it was with the idea that plants send roots down and they mine up minerals. And then when you chop them and drop them, they decompose into place. And now they're more readily available closer to the surface of the soil. And I think over time, it has been kind of adulterated to say there's only a certain 
list of plants and these plants are going down and mining this stuff up this one is mining up calcium this one is mining up iron this one is mining phosphorus and and but i still question but i don't see any proof so with and we're going to get into nitrogen fixation tomorrow but with nitrogen fixation i saw the proof i saw the data i saw that we've been doing this for years and years and years way back to the time uh, where the native americans showed us the three sisters gardening method agriculturalists have been doing this for years they've been doing it with big ag for many many years they do cover crops with legumes and i, I just see the data there it's very evident i see I can see with my own two eyes that a weed barrier that works. You know, you put down mulch, it prevents stuff from growing up, growing up in it. With fumigants, I can see with my own two eyes that it works. And with insectiary, I can see with my own two eyes that it works. But I am definitely a show me the data kind of girl. You know, I like to see stuff under the microscope. I like to see what is going on or at least have someone show me uh, a spreadsheet where they have looked at it with a piece of equipment that I don't have access to. As a matter of fact, I went to the Botanical Research Institute locally here where I live in Fort Worth, and I asked to speak to one of the scientists there. So they had three scientists on staff, and what I was told by the docent there is that they probably wouldn't be able to help me because one of the scientists was working on just a certain kind of mushroom or fungi. One of the scientists was working on a specific variety of begonia. One of them was working on a specific variety of something else. But she was saying that they were just real in-depth on just those plants. And so she was trying to help me figure out who I could talk to to see if parsley really does mine up calcium, iron, magnesium, manganese, and silicon, and sulfur. I mean, that's what I have on my spreadsheet because I've been keeping these on spreadsheet. If it was purported as a dynamic accumulator on certain minerals, then I put it in my Excel spreadsheet. And yes, I am kind of a geek that way, but I, you know, took it for what it's worth. And from what I under, I'm understanding, I did see a report on permaculturenews.org where this person who is a scientist and I believe, I want to say a physician, wrote an article that I thought was really interesting. So I'm just going to read it to you now. Within the world of permaculture, we often find reference to plants known as dynamic accumulators. In brief, this is the idea that certain plants, often deep-rooted ones, will draw up nutrients from the lower layers of the soil, and these nutrients will be stored in the plant's leaves. And when the plant's uh, leaves fall in the autumn and the winter, are then broken down and stored and those stored nutrients are then incorporated to the upper layers of the soil where other plants will benefit from their deposition. As a physician, I strive for scientific accuracy. I understand the scientific method of the world of academia. I know beyond a doubt that the benefits in this arena have provided uh, that that the benefits of this arena have provided for the world. However, I also know beyond a doubt that there is a lot of truth that has not been proven in a lab. Uh, 
This may be due to the many factors to name but a few. The topic has not yet been studied. There are flaws in the design of the study or the topic is too complex for a reductionist evaluation. So basically it goes on like that. He goes on to say, I find no research on the concept at all. So what I wanted to know when I went to the Botanical Research Institute, is there a correlation? Because I was starting to see things like, when you look it up on the USDA um, chart that shows what the minerals and nutrients are, like it's high in potassium. For instance, stinging nettle is purported to dynamically accumulate calcium, copper, iron, nitrogen, potassium, and sulfur. And I was starting to see a correlation between what the USDA, let's see, what do they call it? The USDA nutrient chart, um, the nutrient facts, that some kind of data has been accumulated over time, but it would say things like for stinging nettle, it would say it was high in potassium, high in, it had some sodium, it was high in calcium, and iron and magnesium and I was starting to see a correlation and I thought okay well if broccoli for instance was a good source of potassium and magnesium and iron and calcium then does that mean that that's what it's mining up from the soil? I mean, that was a question that I have. I always say I have more questions than answers, but that was a question that I have, and I think it was a good question. <laughs> in my mind, it was a good question. If broccoli is mine, is high in those nutrients, then wouldn't that mean that it's mining that from the soil? It's taking what it needs from the soil in order for it to be what it is, and then that transfers to us in the way of phytonutrients. So, that was my question that I wanted to get an answer from these PhDs that worked at the Botanical Research Institute. And I would still really like to know the answer to that question. But the resolution that I have come to is in the way that I think about dynamic accumulation today is that all of these plants are dynamic accumulators. They're all mining up something. And that's why it's good to have all of this diversity once it's mined up what it needs from deep within the soil and then it dies and we either compost it or we chop it and drop it and those leaves now become organic matter and nutrients that fall to the ground um, all of the microorganisms go to work on it they they break it down they eat they poop they eat they poop something bigger comes along and eats them they break it down to where it's again in a bioavailable form closer to the surface of the soil where a normal root could get at it. And I'm thinking too that, you know, these dynamic accumulators, what makes sense to me are probably pioneering species. And when I say pioneering species, if you go back and listen to episode two, those are the ones that are come, gonna come in, send down a long tap root, and its purpose is to break up the soil, but its purpose is also to go in and mine for those um, nutrients in the soil. And I really hated to do this show, but I have to be true to myself. These are the questions that I have. I have to be true to you. I feel like I owe it to the audience to say what it is I really mean. 
Now, <laughs> maybe I'm going to get kicked out of the class for this. Um, it's probably a good thing that I took this class online because I may have gotten kicked out of the class and I sure would not have wanted to get kicked out of the permaculture course. <laughs> Yay for my instructors because they didn't have to deal with me as an in-person student. But anyway, that's something that I just haven't seen the data on. But I'm looking at all of the plants as dynamic accumulators. And I know that one of the things that I see a lot are people searching for comfrey because comfrey is purported to, let me see, I have it on my Excel spreadsheet here. Comfrey is purported to accumulate calcium, copper, iron, magnesium, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, silicone. Those are the ones that I have. And when I look at this sheet, it's almost the same thing with dandelion. Yeah, it is exactly the same thing as dandelion, but yet so many people want comfrey. And comfrey is not, I mean, that's one of those things that people are willing to pay big money for when dandelion is just as good. And I know as when I kind of take myself out of the world of permaculture and I put myself into the, the world of people that have a city lot and block, they don't want dandelion in their gardens. But yet dandelion is one of the most nutritious things that we can eat. And comfrey is one of those things that um, the government, quote unquote, warns us against eating because there's something toxic about it. It's bad for the liver or something like that because it doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't grow comfrey. I don't look for comfrey because dandelion will do the job according to my spreadsheet, according to what's purported that I have no data on. This is what people have said. I have not seen the data on it that I, I guess I should have started this show off with the warning that I'm really geeking out here on this show. I mean, I geek out a lot, but this is a really deep geek. <laughs> I'm deeply geeking today. And please, if I'm wrong, send me something that I can look at that is a scientific paper where I can see the data. And I have read a lot of scientific papers, and it might take me three days or three weeks to really consume it and understand it, but I want to see that data. And I just haven't. Now, <laughs> I really didn't want to it, this to turn into a situation where I want to say it was M.I. Gardner on YouTube was really slammed because he was saying that nitrogen fixation was just a myth. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, I can't believe he said that. And then a lot of people really slammed him for saying that. But I, I think that he backed off of that. But I don't want to be that person that says, I don't believe in this. I am saying, I do believe in this. I do believe in dynamic accumulation. In it, but I just don't believe it's limited to, I have a list here of 21 plants. And my conclusion on this topic is that all plants are dynamic accumulators. And that reductionism as defined in the dictionary is the practice of analyzing and describing a complex phenomenon that are held to represent a similar or more fundamental level, especially when this is said to provide a sufficient explanation. So I think that the world is so guilty of this right now in um, healthcare and how we reduce something down to the most minute level without taking a look at everything else 
that we don't know. The whole takeaway for this for me is I do believe in dynamic accumulation. I just don't believe it's limited to a certain number of plants. I don't believe that the list should only be 21 plants that are dynamic accumulators. And so I still believe in the whole theory of dynamic accumulation. It's just that I'm not limiting them to just comfrey. I'm not limiting them to just clover or vetches or coltsfoot or chamomile. This is something that I just am not worried about. It's kind of like with companion planting. I'm just not that worried about who's doing what in the garden. The whole thing is let's just keep going with the diversity. Let's just mix it up a lot. Okay. All right. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> rant over. It really was not a rant. It was just a question, really. It was just a question. All right. You guys have a great week. And as we wrap up today's show, I want you to know this podcast is dedicated to you. If you're searching for a better source of food for yourself and the ones you love, I'm inviting you to come along on this journey with me. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can hit that subscribe button and let's all figure out together how we can put delicious, nutritious, and safe food on the table. And remember, your edible garden can also be your beautiful landscape. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,